0: Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we are conscious of our sin, and so we know that we should be laid low in the dust, in our weakness and in our sin. So we ask, Lord, that you would send your Spirit and preserve our lives according to your word as we look at it together now. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. This morning we're breaking from our series in the book of Philippians uh, for the baptisms. And the passage that I'll be looking at this morning is John chapter 12, that passage that I just read. So I encourage you to have it open before you. And we see in this passage that the Lord Jesus speaks about the fact that he will be glorified. We see that in verse 23. Jesus replied, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. He is referring to himself as the Son of Man, as is clear in other parts of the New Testament. But how is he going to be glorified? How is he going to be honoured? What is the honour that the Lord Jesus has before him? Well, it's by what we read in verse 24. Verse 24, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. How is the Lord Jesus going to be glorified? Well, it's by falling to the ground and dying. And then how is that dying glorious? Well, we see that it will be a death that results in life. And life is always a good and a glorious thing. Anyone who produces life is one who is honourable, one who is glorious. But how is this possible? How can death produce life? Well, the illustration is meant to show us that verse 24, that illustration that is given by the Lord Jesus, is meant to show us how that death can produce life. What does verse 24 say? I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. You think of the plant and you think of a seed on the plant, when it falls to the ground, it dies. It leaves the host plant and it falls to the ground and it dies. And in one sense, some people would say, oh, it's still, there's some life within that seed there. But as it sprouts and grows, then the seed itself is no longer a seed. The seed ceases to exist as a seed. It is now a new plant that has sprouted up. And so the seed and the content within that seed it decays and rots and is discarded. It dies. And as that seed then produces this new plant we then see the life that springs from it. So with death, there can be life. We see this in the world of nature. We see it in the life of plants. As this new life goes up into the light, it is there from death. Now, did Jesus do what he said? Did he do what he said? Yes, Jesus was lifted up. And then he died. We see this... In verse 32, 32, he says, But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The Lord Jesus is referring to there his death by crucifixion. He was lifted up on the cross to die. And then he was taken down from the cross and he was buried in the earth, buried in a tomb. But then what happened? He didn't stay in the grave. He came back to life. And it was a glorious life that he came back to, not as a rotting corpse that somehow has life in it and his body continues to decay, but there's some sort of soul in there that is keeping all that rot alive. No, he rose with a glorious body, a body that cannot die again, a body that cannot suffer, a body that is perfect. And he would continue to live in a sinless state. Now, how else did the Lord Jesus produce life? Well, we see in this text, in verse 24, it says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. When the seed falls to the ground and sprouts up, of course, life is produced for that plant. But then that plant goes on to produce seeds itself. It produces even more life as those seeds then go on to grow and have life as well. They die and then they have life. And that's what the Lord Jesus has done. How has he done that? Well, he died, was buried, raised to life, and then with his newness of life, he has been able to grant life to other people so that they too will be raised one day. Who are they? Well, of course, they are Christians. Christians are people who have been raised to life by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. They have been awakened spiritually now, And one day we'll have glorious resurrection bodies just like the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how is this possible? How is it possible for Christians to have this life? How does Jesus grant them this life? How is it possible for people who deserve to die eternally for their sin to actually be awakened and have life for all of eternity instead? Well, it's by following the Lord Jesus into the grave. It's by following the Lord Jesus into the grave. How is that done? Well, it's by trusting in Christ. We see in verse 26, verse 26 of John chapter 12, it says, whoever serves me must follow me. We must follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we follow the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, we're encouraged to trust in him. Verse 36, turn over the page. Put your trust in the light. He's referring to himself as the light there. While you have it so that you may become sons of the light. What happens when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? When we put our faith in him? what happens? We're united to him in his death. We're united to him at the cross so many years ago. We're united to him in the grave. As he was buried, we are buried with him. And as he was raised to life, we are raised with him. We have eternal life now, in a sense. We don't have the resurrection bodies yet, but we have eternal life. The death we face is just a doorway by which we go into the next stage of the eternal life that we have even now. So we die the death that we deserve. The death that we deserve for our sin. Why do all people die? It's because all people sin. Even the Lord Jesus, why did he die? It's because he took our sin upon him. Not because of his own sin, but as a substitute. He took our sin upon him, and because of our sin being upon his shoulders, he deserved to die and he did but if we die with christ by faith by trusting in him if we die by faith we receive eternal life because the debt is paid the debt that we owe to god because of our sin because of all the times we've broken his laws the debt we owe of death is paid because christ paid it at the cross we've already died the death that we deserve we died with christ jesus And this is why Adrian and Lena and Jacob are being baptised today. What does baptism show? Well, it shows the death, burial and resurrection of the believer that has already happened inside. Now, Adrian and Jacob and Lena, they may look very much like the same person. And, of course, they are the same people that you've known for many years, potentially, Adrian's still Adrian, Jacob's still Jacob, and Lena's still Lena, but they're different. They're different. What are they like? Well, they're like a plant. They were a seed, they've fallen to the ground, they've died, been buried, and then sprung up with a new life, a life that is very different from any life that they've ever experienced before. Think of the comparison of being a seed, think of the comparison to being a plant, a new little plant that has sprouted up. That is what has happened to Adrian and to Jacob and to Lena. They are better now. They still are the same people. They still have that same personhood that they had before, but they are better. They're all the more glorious. Why? Because one day they will have glorious resurrection bodies. It will be obvious then when they can no longer die, they can no longer suffer, they can no longer sin. That will be obvious. But even now they are different. How? Well, they already have spiritual life. They have a spiritual life in them as they follow the Lord Jesus and live as his servants. That's what they're meant to do as Christians. Verse 26, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honour the one who serves me. There is a servanthood about them now. And so they're no longer serving themselves. They're serving the Lord. And so their lives look very different. They're like those seeds that are sprouting up with new life. And what does that look like? Well, of course, there's a growing away from the old, decaying life of sin. Adrian, Jacob, Lena, they've moved on from that life of sin. They're gradually putting to death more and more of that sin as they're leaving that kernel that's decaying behind. And they're springing up into the light. That's what a new little plant does. It springs up into the light, doesn't it? What is the light? It's the glorious light that God gives us, the knowledge, the awakening that we have of him and who we are and why we're here and what all of creation is all about. There's an enlightenment that's going on, just like that little plant has a little enlightenment as it springs from the earth. That is what has happened to Adrian and to Jacob and to Lena. And how else are their lives better? Well, they start to produce fruit, fruit that nourishes others. That's what a little plant does as it grows up, becomes a bigger plant. Even a fairly young plant can start to produce fruit. That is nourishing to those around them, pleasant to see and to eat. And of course, what comes with that fruit? Why are their lives better? Well, seed is produced along with fruit. That's what fruit is apparently. Fruit is a a plant. The difference between fruit and vegetables is that fruit has seed. What is seed? Seed is the potential for new life. And that's what we should see in Adrian and Jacob and Lena, in all Christians, that there's a testifying and an action of life that passes on to others and that they are struck by the words and they become Christians as well through that new plant that has come from the Lord Jesus Christ and that plant that he is. And so this is what it means that the Lord Jesus is glorified. This is what it means. He is glorified by dying and rising with his people. Yes, he was glorified by his own death and his own resurrection. Of course, his resurrection, if it was the only resurrection, would be glorious in itself. But it is with new life to others around him. And still today, glorious life is still being granted Seeds are falling to the ground and dying with Christ, being buried with Christ and being raised to Christ. That's what's spoken of so many years ago by the prophet Isaiah in that passage that we heard read for us from Isaiah 53. It says, After the suffering of his soul, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord's servant, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many. He will make many right and he will bear their iniquities. And this is what you should see in Christians. This is what you should have seen in Adrian and Jacob and Lena. Have you not seen that they're leaving their old life behind? Have you not seen that they're growing in the light of knowledge, that they may be hungry for more knowledge of God? Have you not seen them producing fruit, the fruit of the Spirit? of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Can you look back on their lives and see, previously they were not as self-controlled as they are today. They weren't as loving as they were in the past. They weren't as joyful as they are today. That's fruit that's being produced in them. Have you not seen them producing fruit with seeds? That there's potential for people to hear what they say about the Lord Jesus Christ and become plants themselves, to spring up with that newness of life that the Lord Jesus gives? In conversation, have you seen this process of death and resurrection happening place in, in, in before your eyes as they hold back words of hate and now speak words of love, words of love that are spoken with truth and that truth could actually save others? Have you seen this in them? Many of this church, we've seen it, and that is why they're being baptised today. But is this your experience? as well everyone in this room should be asking not just me and those being baptized everyone in this room should be asking have i trusted in christ and then died with christ been buried with christ and then sprung back to life raised with christ was there a day that you died with christ was there a death day already for you many people are focused on the death that is to come have you already died with Christ? Did you fall like a seed from a tree and were buried with Christ in the past? And was there a day of life? Was there a new birth? A day where you were born again, when you were raised with Christ? And so now you're looking forward to the resurrection of your body. And are you watching your life grow with new life? Are you dying to sin, crucifying your sinful nature with its passions and its pleasures? showing that you're already a new plant that is leaving that old seed behind to decay and rot, that life of sin, those sinful pleasures you used to enjoy, you're working at leaving them behind. Do you strain towards the light of heaven, wanting to grow in knowledge like a little plant straining for the sunlight? Do you produce fruit, the fruit of the Spirit? Are you producing love and joy? and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? And does your fruit produce seeds by which other people can then embrace the Lord Jesus Christ and have life in him? If you've answered no to any of these questions, if you've answered no, I haven't had a death day, no, I haven't had a born-again day, I haven't seen in my soul a desire to leave a life of sin behind, a desire to have knowledge, a desire to produce fruit, a desire to produce seed in other people. If you've answered no, do you know what that means? You love your life of sin and you love this world. Even as it says here in John 12, verse 25, the man who loves his life will lose it while the man who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. You love your life. What does that mean? Well, it means one day you will lose the life that you have. Even what you have will be taken from you. That's what we saw in verse 25. The man who loves his life will lose it. What are you like if you're not a Christian? You're like a little seed, all alone, hanging in the wind, swaying back and forth, holding on for all its might. But there's a problem. What's the problem? There's a bushfire coming. There's a bushfire coming, and it will burn you for all of eternity. That's what Jesus warns about in verse 31. Verse 31, John 12. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. There is no hope for you if you're that seed hanging in the wind because the bushfire is coming. But if you let go of your sin... And fall to the ground in Christ, the bushfire has already passed for you. It has already been, and you have been protected. I know the text here says that, verse 24, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But there's other seeds of other plants that the Lord Jesus would have known about, but the people at the time, the Greeks that were brought to Jesus and his disciples, wouldn't have had much knowledge of, but we have today. And Encyclopedia Britannica tells us about those plants. It says, some plants such as the lodgepole pine, eucalyptus, which we all know very well, and banksia, which we also know, have serotinous cones or fruits that are completely sealed with resin. These cones or fruits can only open to release their seeds after the heat of a bushfire has physically melted the resin. Other species, including a number of shrubs and annual plants, require the chemical signals from smoke and charred plant matter to break seed dormancy. Some of these plants will only sprout in the presence of such chemicals and can remain buried in the soil seed bank for decades until a wildfire awakens them. Don't you understand what nature is teaching us? Nature all around us, the reason the world exists, the all of creation is there, is to teach us things about the Lord. What is the banksia teaching us? What is the eucalyptus tree teaching us? By its fruit. What is it teaching us? It's teaching us that only those who die in Christ will live again. Only those who die in Christ will live again. The bushfire burnt Christ. But as he is the son of God, he can take it. It's like he has a resin to him which bears the intense heat of the fires of hell. As it descends upon him on the cross, he can bear it. And then the conditions after that intense fire are perfect conditions, like chemicals on the ground that are the perfect conditions for the banksia plant or the eucalyptus tree to spring forth from the soil. And it's not just Christ's resurrection that is in the perfect condition. It's yours, too, if you come to him in faith. By faith, we can be shielded by Christ in that resinous outcoating of the, of the fruit, the cone, so that as the fires of hell come upon him and, and he is protected by his own divinity, by his own sinlessness, his power, we are protected because we are in him. We are in him. And so we're going through hell with him by faith and then the perfect conditions after the bushfire has passed after hell has passed the perfect conditions for us to spring to life by faith because the debt is paid there is no more hell for those who trust in christ jesus there's no more bushfire coming They survived the bushfire. And now, because they have been made perfect, they have been made spotless, they have been made sinless, because of Christ's work, they can now spring to life. Spring to life. They one day, of course, will spring to life with a perfect resurrection body, but of course they even spring to life now. So if you're not a Christian, don't delay. Come to Christ now for eternal life. Otherwise, you'll never receive it. If you don't come to Christ, you will never receive eternal life. It's only in Him. He's the only one with that resinous outcoat that will protect you from the fires of hell. Don't you realize that nature testifies against your foolishness? Unless a seed dies, it cannot come to life. You're a seed. You will remain a seed unless you fall to the ground and die. Unless you're in Christ, you will never sprout, you will only burn. Don't you realise this? And the conditions will never be ripe for life. The conditions will never be ripe for life unless you come to Christ. The conditions are right now if you'll come to him today. Today is the day of salvation. There is no opportunity in hell. The conditions are not right in hell for life. In the midst of the bushfire, it is not the time to spring forth. It's only now is the day of salvation. Only now is the time ripe. So won't you come to Christ and ask for forgiveness for your sin? For all the times that you've served yourself instead of serving him, won't you trust in him and be that seed that springs to life, that dies and buried and springs to life? And don't you want to rise into the light, producing joyful fruit as you await your resurrection? Now, I know it's hard. I know it's hard to overcome your pride And to trust in Christ Jesus, to grow in the light and produce seed is hard. Even the Son of God found it difficult. Didn't he? We see in the text. Verse 27, he speaks about his death and what does he say in verse 27? Now my heart is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. He was wrestling with the desire to be saved from going to the cross. But what does he do? No, it was for this reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. How did the Lord Jesus find strength? By wanting the glory of God. By wanting the glory of God. And so, of course, God gave him strength. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he went to the cross and died that horrendous death. God promised that he had glorified his name and would glorify it again. We read that in verse 28. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. He gave him this promise. And so the God-man, the Lord Jesus, went to the cross. And he does the same for us today as well. If you want to glorify him, he will give you the power. He will give you the power to leave a life of sin behind, to crucify, to put to death the life of sin and to live the new life that is oh so hard to live, but by the power of the Spirit you can, if you desire to glorify his name. Why? Because he has glorified it. And he will glorify it again. And he will use you to glorify his name, if you come to him and trust in him. And so Adrian, Jacob, and Lena, as you seek to honour him, as you seek to put to death your life of sin, and to rise in knowledge, to rise in bearing fruit, fruit that actually propagates and produces more life around you, simply seek the glory of God's name. And you will. He will give you the strength by the power of the Spirit because he has glorified his name and he will glorify it again. And all of us in this room, as we seek to do that too, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're finding it very hard, to trust in Christ and to produce fruit. You look at that list of the fruit of the Spirit and you say, oh, so hard to be joyful, to be patient, to be kind. Well, think of the glory of God and it becomes easier and he gives you the Spirit so that you will. Let's come to him in prayer now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you as a God who took the sin of those who trust in you upon yourself and you died but you also rose from the grave with new life. We thank you for granting that life to many in this room, including those getting baptised today. We thank you for awakening us, and so we will one day receive resurrection bodies. But help us to keep putting sin to death and to grow in the light of the knowledge of God and to produce fruit that leads to many new seeds so others receive eternal life. And Lord, if there is anyone here who is still only a seed... May they fall to the ground today and die. May this be their death day, but may it also be a life day when they're born again. And so they rise with you today by confessing their sin and trusting in you for forgiveness. And may they do this for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen.